Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny, Corey? Is I, I have a hard time. I could not remember the name of this movie. I kept putting in The Lost. And then that was as far as I, and I keep had, I had to keep going back to our text chain, which is like 600 texts deep since we put the I list know. together. I, I took a screenshot of it. I had to, cause I kept doing the same thing. I, but I couldn't, I don't, is the lost empire, correct? Well, that is what it's called. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I still doesn't stick with me. Wikipedia, the very first line, the lost empire is a 1984 American fantasy adventure. Okay. That's accurate. Yep. Filmed by director Jim Wernowski. I'm again. I think it's accurate. accurate. It was the first feature of Wernowski directed. Okay, fair. Accurate. Um, after that, everything on this page, other than the people in it, don't make a lick of fucking sense. Sure, just like the movie does it. It it it. When you when I'm reading the plot for that, and if, when you guys have a chance to see the movie, and then go and look at the plot on Wikipedia. Even this, this is somebody's summarization of what they think that movie is. Because uh, that's the point of this, this this episode is to summarize what this movie is, and I don't know. Nor do I, man. <laughs> we, we and all the stuff on our list, we intentionally went. Let's go over here, so it's not all sword like real, like constant swords. We thought, based on the cover, again, here we are. When do you? When does this? Oh, actually, it's not true. They do whole swords, but. Yeah, some of this is a, some of this is a, I, this is all the uh, weird um, sort of you know D rate Flash Gordon um, bad guy <laughs> hideout. Yeah, and if you're D grade down from Flash Gordon, you're rough. Yeah, man, this movie is out of control, dude. I don't even know where to begin. Um, I want to say it wanted to be it did it want to be Year of the Dragon, but not really. No, God, not no. Year of the Dragon. I'm sorry, uh, the uh, Bruce Lee film, Enter the Dragon. I mean, because it's set up that way, sort of. I think <laughs> I'm not sure what they're doing or why they're why these women have to. <laughs> what are they training for, and why are they training in bikinis? <laughs> okay, it's okay. It's 83 minutes. When she's driving up that hill in the convertible, dude, I I thought even though it gets darker, she goes. I'm like, she already passed that rock. <laughs> yep, totally. Like she's times. just driving that same stretch of road. <laughs> but maybe that maybe that's because. Um, Maybe, well, dude, what about when she gets out of the car and she's wearing those fucking cowboy boots? I mean, where is, what is, I mean, why is she, she's out in the middle of nowhere right. dressed up like she's going to, you know, out to the Sagebrush Cantina. It's 1986. And that's only like, what, six or seven minutes into the movie. The movie's already yeah. showing how 1984 dude. racist it is before that. Dude, uh, let's go to, the, let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. The Lost Empire, 1984. There's a there's a woman that's in a jewelry store looking at jewelry. Sure. It, yep. It, does it feel like it's four? No, maybe not. Maybe not four. Maybe one or two pages from the script that weren't shot before that. Because it, sure, you know what and, I mean. It just feels like you're just dropped right in this place. I'm like, where the hell is this? Well, it's weird too because you know you're dropped in and there's this woman who has the only line in the and she has one line so it's to me like somebody's girlfriend got a line in the movie and then that poor background guy running the jewelry store that obviously is either he's the worst shot in the world or the best shot because all six of his bullets hit those spinning ninja stars and you it wasn't until the third or fourth shot. 
that you actually saw a deflection off one of those things. Right. Are those guys supposed to be moving out of the way of the bullets? Is that I don't know. That they're, they're kind of, but they're not really. It's like the Matrix without any fucking special well, effects. Well, it, it was like it was like they're told, "Hey, you know what? If you take this out and you spin it, yeah, it'll protect you from guns." Yeah, sure. And, yeah, man. and the, all three of them believed it. And what happened later on when the cops show up, dude? Yeah, right. That's what I was going to say. How come that shit didn't work when the cops showed up? Right? The cops just the cops had bullets in their guns. That's why. That's how they killed the, those two cops, right? Yeah. They killed the two cops and the, the man that runs the, the jewelry shop. Right. But I would have sworn, dude, they're like they killed two of them and then suddenly there are two of them again. I mean, the, the, well, the continuity in, the, in the, oh, that shootout. Which, yeah. I mean, how is anybody missing from, they're only like six feet away. I don't know. And there's three of them. Yeah, it's, it's totally. But hey. We go right from this fucking piece of cinematic excellence to a pretty cool title sequence, which I have to say, I was like, okay. That's when I texted you. Oh, this is very Carpenter-esque. <laughs> the score is the only thing I would tell you yeah. is Carpenter-esque. This movie is no Big Trouble in Little China. No. It tries to be a little bit. Or does Big Trouble in Little China try to be this? Because I no, think this I think, came first. Yeah, but this is like every Corman thing. Carnosaur came yeah. out before Jurassic Park. Dude, <laughs> no, no, this, this is like, this, this. to me, this is just like, it's that story. I, I don't know, man, because I don't know what they're, I don't know what this cult is training these women for when they get to the island. There's no tournament. It's just a bunch of weird, like, well, exercise yeah. drills and jumping jacks and calisthenics. When you see Jean-Claude's blood sport, it is, yeah. a, it is a job. It's a jumbling movie. It's like, you know, it doesn't, you, other than, you know, oh, hey, you're going to go this thing called Kumite and it's this and it's this fight. It's, that's about the only cohesion you have in the story. And, and you're sitting there saying, well, it's just a bunch of fighting. Well, there's something missing there. This isn't that. <laughs> this is, there's no cohesion here. There's, I feel like it's a bunch of set pieces from seven different movies and none of it makes any sense. No. When Art Hearn shows up, and he's the one that plays the character Charles Chang, as if it wasn't already a racist thing. That guy never shows up. That guy's not even in the movie again. No, not at all. You know what's weird is, uh, and, and f coincidentally, is the score is done by Alan Howarth, who scored Big Trouble in Little China with Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. But the, I, honestly, what it sounds like when you hear the synth score, it sounds like somebody went in, and was testing keyboards at Guitar Center, and they they got it, they, some it, of that. Yeah, we, we got enough. We got enough. But <laughs> dude, I got to tell you, some of Carpenter's stuff sounds exactly like somebody's testing keyboards at Guitar Center as well. Like when you watch, yeah, but at least there's more on, of it. When you put on Assault on Precinct Thirteen, the original, the the OG version, some of it sounds like somebody testing out some keyboards. I'm just saying. Yeah, but at least they had their keyboards like they owned them. This feels like what I'm. The joke was really what I was going for was. They didn't have the money for they keyboards. Just walked in and they, they just walked in and recorded it and left. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Because you used to be able to go to Guitar Center and they had a seven or eight keyboards sitting there in one spot, all hooked up to one mixer, and you literally could just plug into a mixer and start recording off those keyboards. The, one of the cops in the beginning of the movie that he survives. Uh, this, you know, the yeah. when he shows up to Somehow. investigate what's ha what happens at the jewelry store, and turns out that um, well, he's the brother of. Well, we eventually become realize it's the lead, Angela Wolf. Like again, the name Angela Wolf, police woman. Uh, 
Yeah. When she rolls, dude, the opening where she come, where we, where we, where they introduce her, where she like rolls up on her motorcycle and she never takes her helmet off because it's not her. Right. And then she crashes through the, uh, the door into the hallway of the school and whoever was on that bike laid it down. I guarantee that was not supposed to happen. Melody said, she goes, the way she turned. And by the way, okay, this is 1984. Now, I think we've talked about, we must have talked about it on the show before. There's an alt opening to Lethal Weapon, the first Lethal Weapon. Yeah, yeah. It was with the school where with, he goes with the takes sniper. Out the sniper. Yeah. Why does this feel like that? Because uh, you know why it feels like this? Is because Dick Donner is a giant fan of this movie, probably. <laughs> I, I don't know. What was he doing in 84? What did he do? Uh, Lady Hawk. Goonies? Lady Hawk. He's probably filming Goonies. Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, because he didn't. Well, that and Lady Hawk came out the same year, didn't they? Uh, no, I think Goonies came out after Lady Hawk. I think Lady Hawk and something else came out the same year that he had done. Didn't matter. It, it doesn't that, matter. But Lady Hawk's not much more entertaining than this, I got to say. I tried no. to watch it recently. No. Well, we covered it on the show. That was enough. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hold up very well. No, but well, it didn't. That, didn't that's all beside the point. Neither mm. does this. <laughs> Although I don't have any frame of reference of how this holds up because I never saw it. I don't know. Well, that's what I mean. It's like I don't. Did it ever hold up to where to uh, sure. scrutiny it, of an audience? I could. I, I after seeing it, I would like to pair this. Uh, if I could, if I could run uh, a week. At the New Beverly, I would pair this movie with Jake Speed. <laughs> Why? Because he uses font? Exactly. That's the only reason. Yeah. 100%. I'd rather watch Jake Speed twice than watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> At least with Jake Speed, you know what you're getting. Let's talk about, there's some things in this movie. So first of all, right, her brother, he survives. She goes yeah, to the hospital. But he she does, goes to the he, hospital he, dressed like a hooker. Right. And then she's like, I'm a police woman. Yeah. This is my brother. This is my brother. I've got some questions. And the doctor's like, all right, we're taking him to surgery, but go ahead, make it quick. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's going to hurry up. He's going to die from overacting. Right? Dude, uh, he, he, and he's bad. And then... Uh, <laughs> the devil is real. <laughs> well, what's that all about, about? He just starts spouting all this shit. Right? Like, he's in the... Like, where was, where was the devil, dude? All it was was three dudes... In ninja costumes, who weren't obviously weren't very good ninjas, and what were they trying to steal? The eye, the avatar. What, yeah, dude. Well, first of all, the, I'm going back again, back to the jewelry heist store. When the three dudes, after they kill the uh, owner of the shop, right, right, and they're three of them trying to figure out how to pull that jewel out of the statue's eye. Is that what they're doing? Or are they trying to, I mean, good Lord, dude, they deserved everything that came out. They got everything. They got exactly what they needed. It was out in the open. It wasn't like, yeah, just sitting there. So so you would have known you would have taken a little more effort than your fingers to pull out the stupid eyeball. Or how about just show up when, you know, if you're casing the joint, you know, that guy leaves. And if that thing just sits out on anyone's breaking the store and he's gone, it's less trouble. Right. One more extra you didn't have to pay. Hey, you know, the, did you notice? So after she goes to the hospital, let's, this, let's jump all around because there's well, no there's story. No it doesn't reason. matter. Well, shit, it doesn't know where it is. It doesn't matter. Everybody who's going to watch this is going to be like, <laughs> it's not going to matter. Uh, so when they. Uh, no, I'll just say this. Man, if you got edibles. Yeah. Just don't. I mean. Oh, yeah. Give yourself to get in that mode and then hit play. Yeah. Give yourself a good 30 minute. Yeah. Headed. Lead in. <laughs> and then you can enjoy the shit out of this because I got to tell you. I seen. I watched it twice. Um <laughs> 
when after the hospital scene, right, they go back to her house and she's sitting there with a glass of wine in a shirt, no pants, <laughs> mourning her brother, looking at that dude. Is that my brother, the security guard? What 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 the fuck is that frame photo? It doesn't even. It, it obviously they didn't have a cop outfit on the day they shot that photo. He's wearing like a mall security outfit. The badge is. I think it even says security on it. I'd have to go back to verify that. But and then the two cops knock on the door, right? She just saunters over in her shirt, <laughs> doesn't put any clothes on. Yeah, he's dead, isn't he? And the two cops don't say anything. They both just in unison look down at the ground. Oh no! Okay, here's the, this is the <laughs> one thing. of them starts right, and then right. the other one kind of right. Oh, oh, that's like exactly, you forgot. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, right. I forget. That's what we rehearsed. Oh, oh yeah. Oh God damn it. That, that was the best one. That was the only one they could use. So can you imagine what the other one? The other, and dude, th- those guys were background, no lines. And they just stood there. Just two, oh. two short meatheads, not saying anything. <laughs> and, and then, like I said, the one in the back just kind of sees like, oh yeah, sorry, I have to tilt. I'm supposed to look and tilt my head to the side. Oh, yeah. dude, it was, I, I rewinded a couple of times that couldn't Same believe I. it happened. I'm like, what did, what is happening? Uh, there are so many moments in this movie where I did exactly that, rewound it. There's a, there's some, there's a couple other things I'm going to fucking call out on this that maybe that were so ridiculously stupid is, so the scene in the bar, okay, well, let's go. First of all, let's try to stay in the order. I'm sorry, it's me. Okay, from here, what does she do? She gets dressed. She has a conversation with, or Chris Atkins comes over. <laughs> right. And, uh, or Chris Atkins. Well, no, no, that still works. Okay, we have to explain that. <laughs> yes, we do. Because the there's a boyfriend here that was maybe uh, Larry Wilcox stand-in on chips. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. And maybe, oh, no, you know what it is? is he, he's standing in for Ron Say back in the day. <laughs> he's too tall. <laughs> is he, though? <laughs> <laughs> Ron says like five four. I I know, but I mean, is this guy dude that tall? I can't tell. Like I, can't, I, I these women all seem like they're super tall, but maybe they're not. No, maybe they, maybe they are. We call them Chris Atkins as a joke because he really is a cross between Tom Atkins and Christopher Stone. Yeah, it's weird because it's like you can't pinpoint it. It's that feathered hair. It's the mustache. Yeah, it's totally. the build. Yeah, so <laughs> the bar scene. Right. I, I, oh, I, don't, I was going to go, I was going to, I was going first. I was going to like, I was going to go to her driving to the ancient Indian burial ground, okay. maybe. Okay. This, I guess, okay. The opening, the Chinese, a Chinese man running the, 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 the jewelry store in the beginning. And then the whole ninja ask thing, all that. I mean, that's ninjas are Japanese. So whatever, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but were they really ninjas? They were, they well, were some no, kind that's of culty, the, that's, like that's thugs. the implication because of sure because yeah, I mean a throwing star. Right, we also. see him dressed like that. You just take him as ninjas. You don't right. ask any questions. Right. I mean, they look like you know what? Else? They look more like holy shit! I just didn't think about it until just they look now. like Cobra from GI Joe. I was gonna say they're very much like how they were drawn in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before when it was still just a comic book. Possibly. Whoa! Holy shit! I. Do I have more thievery going on here? We could. Oh, my God. I was going to say, Jim Wynorski, did he ever have anything to do with uh, Teenage But no, but he did direct Chopping Mall. Yes, he did. So we, so there you have it. Yay for you, Jim. There's a, there's a win. <laughs> okay, you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, its first release was 1984. Yeah, there you go. That's the way the, the foot were drawn. You wow. know, I mean, look, Wynorski probably read, yeah, who do, you know, come on. It's okay. Oh, no, I was thinking the other way. <laughs> oh, Ninja I, Turtles stole I would say it from one this more, movie? One more show, like, stole from something, from something else bigger. I don't know, just... Which show, but which one stole from which one? <laughs> That's what I'm saying is like, I think these two shows took from Lost Empire. Oh, yeah. I would I say, think why not? Turtles nicked because, I mean, it was just. Sure. You know, Eastman and Laird were, were just writing a black and white comic book for all self-published. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's what's funny about this movie is it may, I do, I don't, I, when, when, uh, Angel, when Angel Wolf <laughs> heads out to the <laughs> Indian burial ground. And there's the, there's one, there's a fire and maybe, and, the, and the, is there a teepee? <laughs> and he's there and he's beating the drum and doing his thing. And she walks yeah. up and acknowledges him sort of, and then walks past him and opens up a newspaper. <laughs> the newspaper thing. What does the headline say? Oh, I didn't even pay attention to the headline. Dude, it says. Something, something about the, the, the cult. Female cop yeah. saves Indian, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Wow. There's a picture of her shaking the hand of a Native American. <laughs> so it, fucking ham-fisted. And then she says something. The old man disappears, right? And there's a poof of smoke. And out comes this woman with giant breasts in an Indian costume. Yeah, before that, the old Native American dude disappears. Right. That's what I say. He disappears. He, like, he, he does that thing that he did in these movies where he turns all green. Yep. Like, And then he disappeared. <laughs> Sure. That was before she picked up the stupid newspaper. It was before. Like, he disappeared before. And then yeah. she opens up the newspaper. Yeah. And then, like, it was a, a like show. she's going to burn it? Yeah. I don't, even know. I don't know. She's standing in front of the fire. And then suddenly, like, her friend Pocahontas, like, uh, win, White Star. White Star. Right? Pocahontas, dude. I mean, but, dude, it's not, it's not me. I mean, she keeps saying. Well, does, do you, how many times does she say Kimosabi in this movie? Okay. Well, who are you? Who are you? Who are you expecting, Tonto? That was her first line. <laughs> I know, I know, dude. It was so ridiculous. I was like, "What?" And, and the what? whole time you're walking, going, "What are you like? One thirty sixth Native American blood?" <laughs> what, what? Right. That totally, dude. Raven. Raven De La Croix. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I don't. know. This movie is so ridiculous. So yeah, she meets her pal, and then they they have some discussion that I don't really understand. Right. And then the next thing I know, they're standing behind a chain link fence, <laughs> looking at Reform School Girls Gone Bad or something, and it's turned into a women in prison movie. <laughs> when the movie is selected in Tubi, and then just kind of like you're on the info screen for that movie. That's the graphic that that's a photograph. Is that yeah, that prison yard thing. And I remember looking at it, and I, I think I texted you earlier. I go, "What the fuck's this movie about again?" <laughs> right. And I hadn't hadn't watched it yet. And then as soon as I started watching it, I'm at was at work, and I'm like uh, the jewelry store portion of it, and I'm like, "Oh, uh, okay, okay." And I didn't realize that that moment that was causing me a great deal of confusion with this movie was about would be the most complete thought I had while I was watching this movie. <laughs> Because after this, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. It's pretty simple. Like the you think broad it strokes. is <laughs> in broad strokes. It's pretty simple. But man, strokes? Do they do do they overcomplicate everything in this movie? Yes, hundred percent. Oh, you know, are there oh, far oh, too many sh- subplots? Yes. Here's something else too. We forgot to mention 
the precursor to the jewelry scene. And that's an explanation of what the lost empire is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. In the, I mean, again, literally what movie is that for? Not this one. Nah, no idea. I, I was trying to find parts. I feel like they that was written for another Corman movie, <laughs> right? Like it was like something. Somebody's like, oh, look, just. Somebody went to the edit bay and he was like, go on, pick real 25, 65, and 21. All yeah, of those and totally. stick them at the beginning because that's what he does. Yep. And they don't realize that this <laughs> this graphic explaining this world doesn't. It's for it, another it's movie. movie. It doesn't even matter. Honestly, um, <laughs> well, because I'm, I'm, I'm like, well, you spent the time to put that shit in front of me. Here's the thing about this movie, like, like the other movies, uh, they spend more time, right? Wouldn't you agree with this? They spend more time going places. Yeah, there's a lot of travel. I mean, I made a joke earlier about that drive up to go see the Native American and get what the hell was her name? White, White Star, White Star, White Swallow. I feel like she just keeps driving and you know what? They're not even, they're not even attempting to have her drive up on the other side. It's just, she's no. going left to right the entire time. And it's like, and it just keeps telling you that it's the same shot. I mean, the same road over and over again. I mean, no, no one will notice. You, you were the first person since 1984 to notice Corey. Right. I'm the first one. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what Corman's probably like banking on. I don't know what's going to notice. Nah. If they do, it'll be 40 years later. You mean that limited release that it had in Wilmington, North Carolina back in 85? Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> are you, are you mentioned there's three people. We didn't, we kind of touched on, but we didn't say how the third person gets part of the group. Right. We didn't because she's about to have a prison yard throwdown <laughs> with somebody called uh, Dominatrix or something. I, I forgot. Whiplash. 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 That's it. <laughs> and who on earth, dude, like, oh, like literally, really, she peels off her prison blues and she's wearing a leather yeah. dominatrix and she's got a whip because they let you keep your whip in prison because it's fun. That, as the prison guard says, it's fun to watch them fight. Yeah, the one lone prison guard. The one guy who actually got a line, the one background guy they had to give a line to. And he's got more to say. It's just, <laughs> it's just that the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that, right? So, <laughs> and that's how we're introduced to Angela Ames' character, Heather McClure. Um, and I'm not sure where, I, I guess, Angel, Angel Wolf put her in jail at some point. Yeah. For something? No, no, no. If you ask, <laughs> but if you ask Angel, I didn't put you here. You put you here. All right. You put yourself here. Yeah, they had to have the chicken and the egg conversation about a cop and a prisoner. I oh, was just, good Lord. That's <laughs> so stupid. It's great. It's, it's brilliant. Brilliant. There's a, a four-minute prison fight, which is consists of people pulling tops off of random spectators. <laughs> Some mud wrestling. When you see what's going on in this moment, it is far less. There's far more clothing still on bodies than you would have expected when you first see the sure. shot. When you, well, yeah, dude. But I mean, the, the first shot from there, there's that wide shot where they're all you're, you're looking at the backs of all of them and every right. one of them, their shorts are hiked into their butts. And did you, did you also <laughs> notice they're all wearing those those uh, remember those remember those little gel shoes the girls were always yeah, wearing? Yeah, the jelly. That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, she's they're, fighting. They're all wearing. Heather McClure is whooping ass in jellies. <laughs> That's so bad. Fucking great. And they're all of them. Every every one of the every one of them, except for Whiplash. Whiplash, because she's in her high heels. She's got her leather fucking you know knee highs on. 
Oh God! This and we're only like we're only like seventeen minutes into the movie. At this Is it point. that far? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, oh yeah, because it, feels, it's like your, it feels like we are because there's been a lot of traveling in between and a lot of scenes that we don't care about, like her and uh, Chris Atkins having sex for three minutes of that. Yeah, and it's really just a shot on her back the whole time. Oh, oh, you mean the camera? Yes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What does she say? How would you like me to punch you in the mouth? And then the next they cut to him laying on his back and she's riding him. And then I'm he's like, like oh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the FBI. I, <laughs> FBI. Um, yeah, man. Just what a weird movie, man. So we cut from there and then sudden, somehow they're like, they've recruited her now, right? And uh, they're, they're a team of these three kick-ass women and... They're going somewhere, but I'm never sure of how they know where they're going. <laughs> but they, they get on a plane. Oh no! Like, when, but yeah, but when they they have to go to that Japanese garden or whatever the fuck sure, it is. Sure, they got to go get all the exposition from the guy who isn't Chinese at yeah. all. He just looks like an old white dude, maybe with his eyes taped like they used to tape Leonard Nimoy on Star Trek. Kind of, maybe. I forgot about that. The exposition scene. Okay, yeah. So there, there are total. I want to, and I, I mentioned this already. There are a total of five paragraphs on Wikipedia describing this plot. Okay, the first one is the jewelry store portion. The second one is the school thing, which we just mentioned. The, the hostages, right? Yep. We find out about the brother in the third paragraph, right. and then Angel goes to the scene of the crime, and then the last paragraph. I'm not kidding you. It says the three sign on and are flown to plane to Sindhu's mysterious island fortress, Golgotha. What? I, I, yeah. And before that, three lines before that is them talking about going to get White Star at the top of the hill. Even they know that the, the, the story, whatever thin story has been going on here, it ends after five paragraphs. Right. The, the Wikipedia entry never says anything more with them going to the island. That's it. Even though of forty minutes of the movie takes place on the island, and even the person that wrote the sub is like going, "Ah, oh, is this really worth typing in my You're time?" Right. Like my hands are starting to hurt. There's too much going on here. Yeah. Oh, quick question for you: When did Angel Wolf's hair get all curly, dude? She shows. I mean, it's like it goes from being like feathery, fair faucet sort of to being like poodly curly at some point. I don't remember her visiting a hairdresser while she was at the castle. <laughs> like you know too, and they're all wearing stripper makeup the whole time because it's almost like they did their own makeup because they don't know how to do makeup for anything else because they're strippers. Yeah, it's it, it, it hilariously weird. When there are three of them are having the moment with the guy like when they come up, it's this whole moment of like this Charlie Chaplin esque moment where the three of them are standing there. There's like, there's no, there's just music. There's no real dialogue needed. Nope. And they're pointing at a list for a job and it says filled. Somebody like got a stamp that said filled. <laughs> and what was the point of her grabbing his hand and crossing out names? Was it crossing out names? I had no idea what was going on there. All we know is that from there is they're on that plane. Yep. Or they're at some orientation or something. I fucking, honestly, I saw this last night. I don't remember it, most of it. And I didn't have my edibles till after the fact. Again, my own. This is just learn from my mistakes. <laughs> mm. I, I, I mean, we're, I'm just going to start fast forwarding because here. So they jump on a plane right. and they fly to Slovakia. What is it called again? Uh, Golgotha. Somewhere. 
Golgotha. Yeah. Right. Okay. They fly to Golgotha. They, the, the, the plane is on the runway and they pop out. And who in the hell is the first person that you see when they get off the plane? You see Bob Tessier, <laughs> who most people probably remember from the longest yard <laughs> as Coro. Yeah. He's a buddy of Burt. He's Burt's in a bunch of Burt Reynolds movies. Yeah, he's a, yeah. He was a stunt man and a first, he was a, he was also an assistant director and a stunt man. And, you know, he's in a ton of stuff. Before this, I think the most acting I ever saw him do, as far as like actually saying lines, was Longest Yard. Yeah, totally. And you would think that nobody would ever give him lines again. Well, except for if you're in a Burt Reynolds movie, because, you know, he's in any show up in Cannonball Run as well. Oh, yeah, he's in Cannonball Run. Yeah. I remember the first time I'd ever seen him was, I think, The Longest Yard, but then I, re- I always remember him also from Hard Times. <laughs> he, he gets yeah. to a fist fight. He's one of the fist fight or the bare knuckle guys that yep. fights Charles Bronson. Yep. But dude, he's wearing the craziest eyebrows in the world in this one shot, right? He gets off, you get off, they get off the plane. And I can't look at anything yeah. but these crazy eyebrows that are on him, which the next time we see him, they're gone. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying he, they come and go. I, and I really think yeah. what it was is like, those were the days that Chris Atkins had to have him on his lip. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. And they could only use one of it and he can't have one eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. Cause they always oh, shot, they always shot over we need the a backup mustache. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just uh, said, fuck it. By the I, end, they weren't even putting them on him. Yeah. Anymore. That's why Rick's not in it a lot. Cause he's, he couldn't find his mustache. Yeah, man, totally. Uh, so he shows up, and you, then you know it's you're in for a good time. And then, dude, it just gets weird. Like I feel like there's a bunch <laughs> now of weird, it gets weird. montages. <laughs> now it gets weird, right? Like there's a there because there's all these like flag. It, it, dude, the place looks like a Nazi compound. Seriously, right? like, oh the my flags gosh. all look like they just look like they replaced. They, they bought a bunch of Nazi, and then they just put it. They just made a decal. And they they literally just popped them on all these Nazi flags. I mean, I, I was mean, trying to count. I um, couldn't stop thinking. I couldn't stop looking at it. I know. Like even when you see, you know, the sets getting redressed because you only have so many of them, but dude, right. they really made, they really spent some money. They had them everywhere. Yeah. They were everywhere. And it wasn't. It must have been left yeah. over from some other Corman movie. Yeah. <laughs> some other racist movie. I'd have to go back and look and see. But it's got that weird, like, squiggly symbol on it. And then, but it's still just like, when I'm looking at it, dude, all I could see is it just looks like a third Reich to me. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Okay, so so the batting, the whole thing, they keep saying his name over and over again. as Dr. Sindhu. Dr. Sindhu. Dr. Sindhu. It's like two words. Well, yeah. Why? It's so bad. And eventually uh, we find out through some investigation. Oh, that's that it's not, Angus Scrim. It's Angus Scrim, <laughs> and his name's Lee Chuck. <laughs> I wish dude. I w- there's a reason why Angus Scrim doesn't talk in the fucking phantasm movies. And I know what it is now. It's this. Yes. That's why. Well, good I mean, God. He, it, he maybe it, gives the second worst performance in this movie. And that's tough. And I don't even think, but here's the thing. I think somebody like wrestled him up like, Hey, Hey Angus, uh, what are you doing this afternoon? <laughs> right. Cause I really, he's hardly in the movie and he, you don't get until the end. And most of the time when you do see him, he's a hooded figure. So you, obviously it's not him. Sure. Yeah, you're right. He, he is, he's not great at delivering lines in Ooh, this. Man, these are bad with dialogue. But I'll say this. He's not the worst in the movie. <laughs> he's not. He's still better than Blackie Dammit. <laughs> Who shows up. Yeah. But randomly. Yeah, randomly shows up. He's at the beginning and then he's screaming all at of the his end. Lines. Screaming him. That that's the only thing, right? It, you, I feel like something wasn't shot with him. Yeah, like that would bridge him between 
him. Sure. Because the last thing you hear, like, oh, I, I have the word from upstairs is he's on his way out. I'm like, okay, so that guy. Okay. I want to go back right. to that. That guy. When uh, Angel goes back to this to the jewelry store, after, you know, the scene of the crime, so to speak, where her brother was, well, not murdered, but mortally wounded. <laughs> and she's getting some grief from these other cops. And one of the cops that goes over there and defends him is like this dude, like, he's so damn short. And he looks like Ron Carey from Barney Miller. Now, if you ever seen Barney Miller, it's like the, he was a cop on and they me constantly made jokes about it. He's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, like, about how short he was. Yeah. That's, sure. I mean, he's that short. And anyway, he's having a scene with Angela Wolf and she's not a short person and she's in heels. And they stay like, just on this medium shot the whole time. And you think he's just standing in a hole or something because he's so short. Are you talking about Kenneth Toby? Yeah, it's a it's an oddly composed shot. Just if you're into a medium shot, man, go get him an apple crate so he can stand on it because it looks so weird. Or why not use one of the other? Actually, he's probably the best actor in the whole movie because he doesn't sound like he's, you know, he sounds like he was given his sides before he ever actually shot the scene. Okay, so she goes inside again. It's all taped off. It's a crime scene, and she hears a noise in the other room. Why would she, who draws their gun? A cop doesn't draw their gun on at a crime scene that's being investigated. Dude, this chick does. <laughs> Angel yeah. Wolf does. Angel Wolf does because, oh, I heard a noise. I'm going to go ahead and shoot another cop because I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a question, dude. Is this movie better if you just play like Rob Zombie music over the whole thing and you don't hear any dialogue and it's literally just scored by Rob Zombie and we just watch it like a music video? Let's be honest here, because there's there's moments where shit just happens. It's montage. It, there's mo- there's actually moments of dude. musicless montages going on here, and I'm not yes, kidding with, about that. Do, do when they're doing calisthenics, yeah, I I could not stop laughing. I was like, what the fuck is this? There's there's moments like that, the training montages, and then when they're actually playing, okay, they're having some kind of like. Wonder Woman, Paradise Island, Greek games or something. That's like the Olympics. I don't know what the fuck is going on, dude. I don't know what they're training for. I don't know what they're training these. Are they are they taking over the world or I I don't even know, dude. Like I yeah. There's a there there's a tarantula that's a robot. Yeah. Didn't she say I hate spider robots? She's like, yeah, I hate spider robots. She breaks the fourth wall to look at the camera and go, holy dude, I I hate spider robots. Best moment, second best moment of the movie. That and then when um, when when they rip off Doctor Shindo's head, <laughs> and, and <laughs> when he rips his own skin off, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, but when the head is just lying there and starts talking, <laughs> yeah, and it goes, uh oh, yeah, and the floor opens and the green laser comes out and grabs his head. Whew. Imagine this with an industrial, like a ministry sound, just ministry laid over the top of this. Well, yeah, I could see this. You know, it's funny because have you ever been to a rave before? And I'm yes. Like, I, mean, I would that, totally put this on at a rave. Dude. On, a, on, a, on a video loop for a rave, totally. It was yeah. like, what even like, yeah. And, and you know, quite honestly, when I, I'm question it, 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 it might have been at one or one or two that I went to. I'm going to say, dude, I feel like I've been, I've been where they've done that with this movie. Oh my possibly. God. So rough. God, this movie is so ridiculous, dude. It, it doesn't Melanie Vink's kind of look like Ginger Lynn because like the first time when we yes. took off a motorcycle helmet, yes. I was like, did they cast? <laughs> I'm like, is Ginger Lynn in this movie? I had to look. I had to look it up. I was yeah. like, oh no, no, that's 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 our star, who looks remarkably like Ginger Lynn. Yeah, there's Ginger Lynn. What's the other one? 
Amberlyn. Amberlyn. Oh no, she's like Amberlyn to me. She's taller. Like Amberlyn was kind of was taller. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's just the hair, and so yeah, she looks like one of the lens. Take your pick. Yeah, take your pick. But that's the you thing. Can, but the, but a lot whoever, of women. Whichever in this was movie. your favorite. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> pick one. <laughs> whoever you loved most when you were 14. But and, and here's the thing, Coro. Coro. <laughs> yes. He's dying, and he was to say, "I'll be back." I'll <laughs> be back. From where? I when it happened when he says that line. I think he was like dying. I don't think the line was in the thing. He's like, I want to say this right now because I want to be in a sequel. Right. Cause it, he's like, yeah, I think he ad libbed it. Yeah, totally. Because what's the point of him saying that when he's not the main baddie? Cause. And you only, you only get one take. Right. With Corman. Exactly. You know, it's what, you know, he did that. On you got to use it. Sorry. Sorry. And then Angus Grimm has almost the same line later on. Yeah. And then, no, but the his was met with this. It's like in the ether, right? I will return. Like, it's like echoing. And then you always, right, it, it, comes you hear, from, it comes out of the crack in the ground. Yeah, the crack. Or, or when the island's on fire. What the fuck is going on? What? The, yeah, dude, what is that? When the island's on fire and, we're, and it, that's, that's cut from some other Corman movie. Yeah. It has to be. So when he has that line, I will return, echoing, right? You also hear Angelo, oh, is that so? <laughs> and that's how the end of the movie. Oh. Is that so? <laughs> Dude, my favorite moment in the whole movie is when Blackie Dam gets shot in the dick by the fucking um, tennis ball, uh, auto tennis ball launcher. Yeah. That they dressed up like a ray gun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, oh. can, we, can we talk for a second about that laser gun at the end? Dude. <laughs> okay. You, there's, there's it's obvious. A, it's a tennis there, cannon, is it not? It, I, I wasn't talking. I was talking about the two giant balls and the big dong. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 totally. With the uncircumcised tip. Correct. Yes. D dude. I know. That's from another movie. That is from some Star Wars porn knockoff. That's what that, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what, that's what that's from. Because if you can't, it's not. Flesh Gordon, maybe. You don't have to be in a, a, a teenage boy or older to think, oh my gosh, that's a dick and no, balls. No, 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 no. It's like it's like Flesh Gordon. <sighs> yeah, you know it's funny because you know we didn't think this movie was fun. No, I didn't say. Never said it wasn't fun. <laughs> I just said, how are we supposed to get this across on a, on, a, on an audio yeah. podcast? I think we're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> if I heard this, I'd watch it or try to. I'm gonna edit it later, and we'll. And it's gonna. But this is one of those episodes. It's gonna sound like I edited things out of order, and I promise you, I didn't. <laughs> No. Well, I mean, look, there's no sense in talking about it. Look, our conversation back and forth is just exactly what the movie is. Because the movie doesn't, the movie's in no particular order. So why, why should yeah. we do it? We talked about this during Tubi Month, right? We, we talked about how our conversations during those episodes are very much like they would have been like after we watched the movie sitting on our couch and the VHS is rewinding. Like, what the fuck did we just watch? Yeah. I got to say, though, do, do you agree or disagree? This movie, so this, this month's movies have been, all been fun, dude. Oh, dude, yes. And none of them have dipped to the level of those two Jeff speak or those uh, those two um, Cynthia Rothrock movies. No, no. The bar. I mean, look, the, you know, we're riding a pretty high wave as far as entertainment value. I mean, they're not good movies, but are they entertaining? Sure. Yeah. Especially if you, you know, had a few edibles. I have never seen the last movie coming up, oh, dude. I hadn't seen this one. 
I, I, as I, far as I can remember. So yeah, the first two, 100%. Yeah. I, 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 seen I, but I, I would, I would have bet money that I'd seen them, but I couldn't remember watching them. And then of course when I watched them, I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen both of these. This one I 100% didn't see. Never, never saw this movie. Because you know what? If all I saw it was a thumbnail, I'm like, oh, is this a women in prison movie? What is this? Dude, it looks like that shot when it, that established that looks like just right out of reform school. Isn't it? Was it reform school for girls? Remember the box yeah. cover for that? Yeah. It, th- that, that's what that shot looked like. I bet you that shot. Yeah. Wasn't Wendy Williams in one of those? Yeah. I think she's in reform school for girls. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wendy Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's about that, man. If we we're closing out with the plasmatics comedy yeah, reference, then yeah, I, think, I think we've run our it's course. I, I think we should, we've run our course. And we've been recording for approximately 85% of the runtime. Yeah. So that's not bad. The movie is 83 minutes. You think, oh, this will go fast. It doesn't. It doesn't go fast. And it's not the Tubi breaks. You spend so much time going and you're given a lot of time to ask I have no idea what's going on. What is going on? Someone tell me what's going on. You know what's hilarious? Is Reform School for Girls is, Reform School Girls, not for girls. Reform School Girls is on Tubi. It came up in my, I'm looking at my, it's it's in my recommendations after watching. Okay. I need to say something too. Uh, Be aware that the Tubi app will play by itself. Yeah. If you're on an Apple TV, I can't speak for anything else. It'll just keep going. Because the movie was done, we had paused it. I don't know what happened, but I switched over to play some PlayStation. So I was playing some, uh, I was golfing and playing some hockey and playing some The Last of Us. And I go to shut everything off and I switch the HDMI connection back over to the Apple TV. And there's some kind of <laughs> women in prison movie going on. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? I mean, it was playing. It was like, I I never hit play. It was just playing it. I'm like, boy, I'm, I'm glad I really st- stopped to take the time to make sure that there was nothing playing in the background. Because if Joey had gotten up and turned on the TV and just, you know, it would have been just- Reform School the, Girls was on. It, it would have been, as, it would because it, it's Tubi, man. As soon as that movie yes. ends, they're just playing the next movie and, and it's like a playlist. It'll just keep going. No, 100%. And it had been three and a half hours since I finished the other movie. And you know what, dude, for a movie like this, there is almost, there's not that much nudity in it. Uh, there isn't. There's just like the occasional like gratuitous boob shot. Like yeah. they'll pull somebody's top off just so that, like when they when he kills that girl, he breaks her neck for no reason. Oh right, and the blood's already coming out of her mouth, right? Yeah, <laughs> she's bleeding before he turns her neck. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's doing his mercy kill, I guess. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Plasmatics. <laughs> yes, when he pulled off that face. Right, I, it was such a V moment too, and you know, and oh, dude, yes, right, yes, a hundred percent a V moment. <laughs> that, and then the thing underneath it almost, this almost looks like the lizard people from V. And the the appliance that they use isn't bad. It's when he starts talking from behind it. Yes, well, I talked about this before. When you watch Dark Man. There's moments in close-ups that it's so hard to watch because the teeth are obviously latex and it's attached to all yeah. the appliances. It can, but it, that's part of its fun cheesiness, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Right? So with with this, it's just kind of like they do too many profile shots where you can almost like like his teeth stick out way really far. It's, it's rough to watch. Anyway, oh yeah, yeah, it is rough to watch. It's like he, it's it's like watching it's like watching Leonard Nimoy in that last Star Trek movie that he was in. When Spock's trying to hold his dentures in. Oh, you mean when he's in the cave? The first oh, one with the, Pine. 
Yeah, yeah, the remake one, right, right. The first reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he's just trying, when he's talking, oh, really, when he's talking he's around. To keep his, yeah, like he's, he's trying to keep his lips away from his his teeth so they don't fall. More out. polygrip. Yeah, <laughs> it's my religion. Yeah, totally. I can't <laughs> use that. We don't use it on Vulcan. Uh, <laughs> anyway, right, hey, well, so the plasmatics. Plasmatics. I think that's it, man. I got nothing left. I could go on and on, but why? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so if you want to follow us on the socials, it's at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta, and Letterbox. On Letterbox, Corey is at Corey underscore Culp and Culprit97 on the Insta. If you'd like to follow me, you could follow me at Rock and Roller33 on your Instagram, or you could follow me at White Star on Letterbox. That's White Star on Letterboxd. White Star. White Star. 